Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. We are so excited to announce that Brave Commerce will be a media partner of Adweek's live virtual event, Commerce Week, this November 30th to December 2nd. Throughout Commerce Week, marketing leaders will share their strategies for innovation as brands adapt to the evolving consumer habits and new channels for discovery in 2022. We at Brave Commerce are thrilled to be part of an event that is elevating new digital trends, highlighting powerful industry leaders, as our podcast aims to do each and every week. And we will also be recording a live episode of Brave Commerce titled Staying Relevant in Consumer Dynamics with Joey Bergstein, the CEO of Sabra on December 1st at 11.10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Excited to see y'all at Adweek's Commerce Week, November, December. I think before I was 20, I had lived in six different countries and it forced me to be quite used to change as being quite a norm. Fast forward a few years later, I had been working in American Express for 10 years. I had a pretty strong career going there and I thought it was time to change. And so I started a a company here in Mexico around insurance and again, identifying the sort of those disruption moments for insurance and how low penetrated and the low levels of trust that exists with insurance companies here in Mexico. And so I kind of gave everything up in, in Amex to start something new and become kind of the one person doing a bunch of different actions, the typical founder of a company. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, you know, earlier this year, Micmac made a huge push to expand internationally. And I know Profitero has always been operating that way. And one of the key reasons why was that our data showed that even for you know, US-based shopping experiences, people were checking out from all over this world. And one of the key pockets of where we were seeing an enormous amount of conversion, regardless of borders, was in Latin America. Yeah, there's a tremendous uptick in both digital commerce behaviors, but just overall tech adoption. And You know, I saw this 20 years ago when I was in telecom, where people didn't have phones going into their households, you know, in the late 90s, because telecom hadn't evolved. And so rather than putting telephone lines into everybody's house, just leapfrogged and went straight into Wi-Fi and cell service. And I feel like the same thing is happening right now with digital transformation, e-commerce, fintech, all of these things. And we're getting more and more calls from our global clients saying LATAM is our, this is the frontier we're focusing on now. Maturity is happening more in the States and in the EU5. And obviously Asia has been either radically ahead or radically behind, depending on the country. But LATAM is where there's the biggest gap in 
knowledge versus desire. A hundred percent. And now you see all of the venture capital funding trickling in there and you're watching, you know, major U.S.-based companies continue to make acquisitions of Latin America-based companies. Well, look at Uber Eats buying Corner Shop and there's just a lot of momentum going on there. No, it's, it's phenomenal. And I'm so happy we we're able to get this get onto the show. When you think about Latin America and you think about Uber and you think about last mile delivery, I mean, all the trends are converging under this one person's purview. Yeah, Eduardo is an extraordinary individual in general, but looking at the lens through which he's looking at the world, former Amex, now Uber Eats, on the board of Corner Shop and Uber Acquisition, I think he is going to give us some real special perspective, especially for those who are looking to get educated and do so quickly. Well, on that note, let's bring Eduardo onto the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Where are you hailing from right at this moment? Hi, Sarah. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for inviting me to the show. I'm in Mexico City right now. I believe you are our first guest that is based in Latin America, serving the Latin American market. Thank you very much for diversifying the Brave Commerce universe. We're thrilled to have you. Well, I'm excited. This is an awesome region to be talking about. So I'm, hopefully I will be spotlighting it the right way. Well, We won't know if you're right or wrong. So we're just going to have to go with it. (laughs) One of many reasons why we wanted to have you on the show is to actually shed some light. Probably two thirds of our audience is based in the US and Canada, and the rest is really spread mostly in Europe, a little bit of LATAM. And I'm really glad that we're able to better represent, at least starting today. But the market is really unique, especially relative to unique dynamics in digital commerce. Can you educate our listeners to the unique aspects of the specific LATAM markets that you service and those that are experiencing major changes in digital commerce? Yeah, it's exciting not only to be your your first guest representing Latin America, but just because of all the changes that we are seeing. For anyone that's had the opportunity to live in Latin America, I think they have all gone through specific recurring nightmares, getting a cell phone opening a bank account, applying for a mortgage, hailing a taxi, or ordering food. They're complicated. They're highly bureaucratic. They have several points of friction that allow for customers to walk away extremely dissatisfied and feeling unrecognized. And I think what we have seen so far is a very strong transformation around that. If you kind of look back 20 years in in the region, what we saw, and this is stuff from the World Economic Forum, was that the... um, Internet penetration was extremely low, 3% in the beginning of the, of the century. And fast forward 20, 21 years, and it still remains quite bad, right? So you have less than 50% of LATAM's population has fixed broadband, and less than 10% has high-quality fiber at home. So there's, there's a very sort of strong friction point already ingrained in infrastructure. But what we have seen is that mobile services has really allowed for that trend to kind of go away and and really transform itself and with a very fast adoption around that. But then you have some other traditional elements like cash and the fact that around 50% of the population is unbanked, right? And so like those structural elements that exist in most of the markets that we operate in LATAM have allowed for us to kind of be laggards in a lot of these things. And over the last few years, highlighted because of the pandemic, what we have seen is that there's been a considerable amount of investment 
mainly VC driven to kind of tackle this. And TechCrunch reported last year about $4 billion invested into LATAM. And I think that's really exciting for us to see, very much so highlighted by the pandemic, right? The fact that we were all forced to engage digitally in a different way, you know, has really changed the way we consume certain products or engage with certain companies. And I think that's gone to uh, creating this sort of explosive growth that we are starting to see in LATAM because consumer demand and expectation has become quite different. The other thing I would say is that consumer expectations around how things get delivered and how they engaged has, has also changed quite considerably. And that allows for brands to introduce their e-commerce play in, in a way that is now eliminated of friction and allows for them to really engage and create a presence quickly because this digital adoption that we have seen based off of the flourishing of mobile technology and the fact that pandemic has kind of forced that adoption has allowed for brands to come in and engage and introduce their sort of e-commerce channel in a way that allows for them to grow quite considerably. And I think, you know, a simple data point to, to go after is the Mexican Association for Online Sales did report that because of the pandemic, 50% of the companies that have introduced e-commerce have been able to double their growth and double their sales. And that would have been unheard of uh, 18 months ago. And so that's, that's a lot of the change that we're starting to see in the region that has me so excited. You've talked about so many huge changes that are happening in LATAM and all this money that's moving in. From an outsider's perspective, when one thinks about Uber and one thinks about Corner Shop, which Uber acquired and I believe you sit on the board of? Yes, correct. Awesome. Yeah. The original focus of both of those businesses was around mobility, and then it evolved into last mile delivery. Now that we're 18 months plus in the pandemic, what changes have you seen in the consumer behavior around last mile delivery? Yeah, a lot. To your listeners that don't know Corner Shop, Corner Shop is a Chilean company that Uber bought about two years ago. They started doing grocery and have become quite a long tail e-commerce type of platform that many retailers can come into and start to sell off of. To answer your question, Rachel, I think what we have seen from that is that customers really have become used to and seek convenience. I think it started with a pandemic of them having to stay at home and be able to get things delivered, but now it's become something that's here to stay. And it's all around convenience and that simplicity of saving time, effort, cost in locations as well. And so the ability to kind of just give them that level of convenience and simplicity is something that they have quite become used to and are starting to ask for more. In Uber, what we have started to do because of that is say, okay, well, what is it that we can do to become that sort of daily use case, right? So that you can, in fact, get your ride to go anywhere. You can also get your tacos delivered via Uber Eats. And while you're consuming your tacos, you can get your grocery list done and ordered on corner shops so that it can come to you. And at night when you're having that dinner that you prepare for grocery, you forget that you, you didn't bring your wine and you can get into corner shop or Uber Eats and order that bottle of wine to be able to consume during dinner pet food delivered or beauty products or flowers, really anything is available to our customers now on our platform. And it's because that convenience that they're looking for, right? So it's the understanding that consumer behavior has changed and how we've had to accommodate our platform and our tech to be able to deliver that. So I mentioned the vast array of things that, that they can get and they can get in a convenient way. Now, most of our consumers want it in less than an hour. In fact, in less than 30 minutes. And so how do you manage a marketplace that does all of that and, and, and allows for that speed of delivery? The second thing that they want is reliability. So they actually want 100% of their orders to be done accurately. 
Now, that says super easy, but the execution of that is hard. When you're asking for a specific bouquet of flowers that has a specific tailoring to it and ensure that that gets done in 30 minutes and delivered with all the specific bespoke work that you have asked for, it's complicated. And so how do you develop tech and how do you partner with the merchants that are creating this product to do that the right way? The other thing that they have wanted is like a vast array of retailers available to them, right? So it's not just saying we have pet food, but is it the organic pet food that you want or a specific brand that you're looking for? And so being able to drive selection and accommodate for that is, is super important. And then obviously to do all of that at a very low cost uh, to the consumer. And so being able to kind of put that formula together and deliver it is, is complicated. And it's something that we're very proud of that we, it's something that we continue to crack. I don't think we have mastered it, but it's something that as, as a company and, and our sort of marketplace obsession, we've continued to dig into that quite deeply to be able to, to deliver. I say that broadly, but for example, in corner shop, while convenience and speed and reliability and things like that are super important, we've seen some other trends that happen in, in consumption of grocery. When the pandemic started is that consumers had to order their grocery online, but they had no other option. But what we started to find out that differentiates an experience like corner shop versus maybe what we would do traditionally with REITs is that you actually want to be able to talk to the person that's picking your product and be able to tell them the kind of produce that you're looking for. If you want your avocado firm or soft, depending on when you're going to consume it. So to be able to kind of merge tech with that human element is super fundamental. And, and so understanding the use case is, is also important because it's not just one size fits all for everything. It's being able to accommodate that sort of bridge between how we live our day-to-day -day relationships with the technology that we can offer that accommodates for that sort of behavioral change that you were asking about and that we can do it in a scalable way is super important for us. When you were talking about all the different platforms coming together, you were talking about, you know, having dinner and then complimenting that with a bottle of wine and then complimenting it with flowers. I was getting it all. Then you went into pet food and <laughs> my brain just was not going in the same motif as everything else there. But connecting the dots behind the scenes is clearly a technological feat, whereas, it, you know, in the States, it's also a technological feat, but the expectation levels are so different. I'd love to figure out how we marry the different sources, like whether it's retailer or merchant sources that Uber Eats is then aggregating combined with the change in expectations of mm -hmm. the consumer. So if we kind of unpack this a bit, you started out the conversation saying it was a nightmare to get a phone. It's a nightmare to get a mortgage. Nobody's got a bank account. And now we've gone to this on demand, give me everything right now in the next 15 minutes. Like, what happened in between? Help me understand from a, from a cultural perspective, how do we go from I can't open a bank account to if I don't have my flowers and wine in 15 minutes, screw you. Yeah. From a macro perspective, it's just the accumulation of all these pain points that had fostered over time led to a moment where it was primed for disruption and it was primed for us to be able to service customers a different way. Then forcing into a pandemic, which accelerated that learning curve for consumers to say, hey, all of these things that I thought were, I would eventually get to, or maybe not as necessary in terms of being able to order my groceries online, I now had to do. And so accelerating that all of that into your mobile phone and being able to now consume it was an important change in that. And then once you've tried it out, how do we ensure that that becomes a, a normal part of your day-to-day -day transaction so that we can, in fact, become that daily use case? And so starting with something basic like ordering grocery or ordering your food, probably something that you're used to doing in the physical world, 
And so making that bridge over to the digital world is not as hard, but then when you start to do things like the beauty products, like the pet food, et cetera, that's probably something that you're less accustomed to, but we can bring it in because you've already experienced what it is to engage on our platform. And we can start to introduce newer things so that the consumption moments become quite evident. It's also coupled with the fact, Sarah, that we have to make sure that we are using data the right way to be able to accommodate those customer trends and expectations, right? Because we have rides, because we have delivery, because we have corner shop, et cetera, we have access to a lot of different macro threads uh, around consumer behavior that allow for us to be able to build these verticals the right way and understand uh, what's that expectation around convenience and how can we deliver because we have an ability to really connect from multiple experiences of our customers. Given the seat that you have and the fact that you sort of have this dual role at, at Uber and Corner Shop, and Uber has always been very acquisitive, are there any early signs that you could give our listeners a heads up on and what to expect from the platform next? <laughs> you, want, you want sneak previews, huh? Yes. It's a good question. What I'll tell you is our CEO, Dara, was, was pretty clear on it. He got, he got that same sneaky question in, in, uh, in our Q2 earnings report. And, and what he said very clearly was, we're always aiming to have the vast majority of our growth be organic. And that's been the case. And I think I can pinpoint to delivery to show that very clearly in saying, we have been able to offer over 100% compounded growth rates in, in the last four years. And that's not slowing down. As I mentioned, these consumer changes and the trends are here to stay. And it's our ability to be able to understand those consumption moments and deliver that expectation very quickly. And so having our tech be very flexible to it. But we also did acquire, and we've made a couple of acquisitions like Corner Shop, like Postmates, uh, like Kareem in, in the Middle East. And that's taking advantage of specific elements. So I can break them down to you. So Corner Shop, we bought this company before the pandemic. So over two years ago, and it was a very easy way for us to say grocery is going to be that sort of next vertical of growth. And we can either build the tech and go through all the different pain points and understanding how to manage inventory, how to do the picking and packing, or we can partner and acquire a company that's already gone through that big learning curve. Postmates is another one of, hey, we needed to grow in the United States and we needed to grow quickly. And they have some very strong penetration of key cities. And so acquiring Postmates allows for us to grow in, in many key cities that we were underpenetrated in and allow for us to invest in others that we have very strong organic growth in like New York and be able to manage our resources and our investments the right way. And so we will continue to look at those opportunities across the platform and, and those areas that we will play. But we really believe that the, the opportunity for us is around organic growth. And that's where we continue to invest the majority of our attention. But we, we are uh, reactive if we see those opportunities and we will be aggressive in pursuing them. Appreciate the, uh, the answer. And we'll just keep our eyes peeled on the trades. <laughs> well, we've come to our final question, which is what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? Ooh, the tough one. I was fortunate enough in my sort of earlier part of my life to, to have moved around from country to country. I think before I was 20, I had lived in six different countries and it forced me to be quite used to change as being quite a norm. Fast forward a few years later, I had been working in American Express for 10 years. I had a pretty strong career going there and I thought it was time to change. And so I started a, a company here in Mexico 
around insurance and again, identifying the sort of those disruption moments for insurance and how low penetrated and the low levels of trust that exists with insurance companies here in Mexico. And so I kind of gave everything up in, in Amex to start something new and become kind of the one person doing a bunch of different actions, the typical founder of a company. It was brave in this, I think for two reasons. One is kind of giving up the career and, and, and starting something from scratch and, and being willing to and, and humbled quite a lot in terms of just learning what, you know, what it is to sell and be able to grow a company and, and take advantage of those moments. Had I not kind of interrupted everything to, to do this and, and, and the company didn't work and, and, it, and it did fail, but it also allowed me to get into Uber because having gone through that experience of working in a very traditional corporate environment to then a startup, that means doing everything from scratch and having to build processes from nothing allowed for me to transition quite nicely into, into Uber because it's a mix of both of those worlds and, and have that sort of mindset of what does it mean not only to, to get from zero to one, but to scale a company with the right processes and foundations to, to be able to grow and, and, and manage and actually welcome a bunch of new people uh, into the company and, 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 and lead that through, through this level of change that we've been speaking about. So that's how I would define it. I think it was it was brave for me, but it certainly gave me a lot of education. Well, it, it certainly has helped you navigate this uh, incredibly dynamic environment. And if you can do it there, you <laughs> food delivery is pretty damn easy, right? It certainly uh, can feel like that some days, but other days, not at all. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank you so much for at least scratching the surface of educating our listeners around what is going on in Latin America both in terms of commerce and also just digital transformation. I am excited that you'll be the first of many new guests that will be representing the region. And thank you so much. Yeah, hopefully we started a trend here. Sarah, Rachel, thank you so much for the invitation and and being able to talk to you guys for a few minutes. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.